Happy New Year! Happy Lunar New Year, I should say. That's this week, in case you were unaware of why your social media feed is full of images of fireworks and tigers in the color red. It's a celebration in countries and cultures where the lunisolar calendar was once the way in which time was tracked. And now the holiday is a time for family, food, and festivities. In China, Vietnam, Korea, across Asia, and even some communities with large Asian populations on America's west coast, you'll find an array of traditions and ways to honor ancestors, reconnect with family, and set intentions for the year to come. And of course, food traditions, we love talking about those here, fish, peanuts, noodles, stews, and dumplings. Dumplings are said to bring you wealth, which is why they're also a traditional lucky food for Gregorian New Year's too, say January 1st celebration. I have a friend and colleague, Michelle Lee, an anchor here at Five on Your Side, who mentioned this tradition during a quick little story about what Americans eat on New Year's in that day's news. Pork signifies prosperity and progress because, get this, pigs root ahead as they eat as opposed to backwards like chickens or those turkeys. I ate dumpling soup. That's what a lot of Korean people do. It was cr kind of crazy because it was such an, I don't want to say a nothing story, but it was kind of like one of those throwaway stories um, that people feel obligated to put in their newscast every <laughs> New Year's. Um, but, you know, I had two responses right away, like immediately. And one was, hey, I'm so glad that you said that because our youth see it. And then another message that said, I'm so glad you said that because my wife was born in Korea and our daughter is making that soup for the very first time. So I was like, holy moly. First of all, thank you for watching the news. <laughs> Second of all, thank you for taking the time to write in and just noticing that because it was such a small part of the newscast, you know, 25 seconds of the newscast. And um, so that made it feel like, a, like an inclusive moment, like something made special out of nothing, you know, so I was excited about it. And then I got that voicemail, that, <laughs> that famous, vo infamous voicemail. That infamous voicemail about dumplings? Yeah, but about so much more. Today on Abby Eats St. Louis, catching up with Michelle Lee, the unexpected face of a hashtag very Asian moment in America right now. How her sour experience talking about food became sweet the wealth that ultimately brought a community, and why talking about food matters. There are a lot of Asian Americans in St. Louis who are proud to be St. Louisans and, um, and have been here for a long time. Plus, she sticks around for food news and a weekend planner. JJ, what? Stop talking? I got five minutes? Okay. So we're recording this via Zoom during a snow day, so you might hear Michelle's adorable toddler, JJ, in the background. Or taking center stage. Um, hold on, buddy. Hmm? You're being super brave? Okay, can you show me how you're brave over there? Michelle and her husband are raising their little boy to embrace and be proud of his Korean heritage, something that at times could be a struggle for Michelle growing up. Well, I grew up in Missouri. I came here from Korea when I was six months old. And so I grew up on the other side of the state. I grew up near Kansas City and um, had like a really idyllic childhood. Like we jumped hay bales for fun. We did bonfires on the weekend. My dad went hunting and fishing. Um, you know, I was a, pretty much a, a country kid. I mean, I think I was a pretty 
like popular and fun person to be around. I didn't have like a bad childhood experience by any means, but I definitely never felt a hundred percent accepted. And, um, I still encountered racism and some serious racism. When I look back and I share my story with people and some of the things I encountered as kids, um, a lot of people are like, oh, that was kind of rough, (laughs) you know? And I'll be like, was it really? I didn't know. I've had a a box of rice thrown at me. You know, I've had, uh, I mean, followed home and, you know, gotten to fights, all kinds of stuff, you know? Um, So, yeah, I definitely encountered a lot in my in my school days and um, in high school too and college too and working in, in some of the markets that I did um, definitely encountered a lot of racism. So I guess it's followed me really, except for the last 10 years have typically been m- more mild. Hmm. But in the beginning of my career, I got a lot of um, racist remarks from viewers and from my station managers too. Hmm. When you say more mild, uh that's still racist comments. They're just things that do you think it's because you've gotten a, uh, learned how to stomach these kind of things? Or do you think that it's, um, the nature of the comments themselves have really changed? I do think more people are aware of the racist things that they say. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that racism has gone away. I just think that people are better at recognizing, oh, I shouldn't say that. But that wasn't the case for one caller, a KSDK viewer who called the station after hearing Michelle's comment in the news that day about eating dumplings on New Year's. I won't play the whole message for you here. You can check out her social media if you'd like to, or you've probably seen it on Twitter, on the news, wherever at some point here, but you'll get the gist of it here. I don't think it was appropriate that she said that, and she was being very Asian, and I don't know. Uh, she can keep her Korean um, to herself. You know, I was talking to you a little bit that morning, the morning after this all happened, and it was um, on the verge of viral, but it was something <laughs> that was mostly just happening in uh, Asian St. Louis Twitter, if mm-hmm. you will. You know, I was that's how I kind of saw it was all happening, was opening up my Twitter feed and seeing all these notifications. Um, the original posts said something along the lines of like you wanted to respond or what should you say or you know but you you didn't say can you believe this you didn't say anything negative about the person you just kind of opened up that huh I kind of want to say something and to me that was also very indicative frankly of so many Asian American experiences where you want to say something. Um, so many experiences of people of color in, uh, in various diverse communities in this country is that you want to say something. Are you allowed to say something? Are you going right. to be told that you're just playing the race card or being thin skinned by saying something? So right. when you put that out there, what was really going through your head? Oh gosh. I mean, I wanted people to hear it for themselves because it was almost unbelievable. You know, the request that she was making was impossible to meet. You know, even if I wanted to keep my Korean to myself, it's not going to happen just because on looks alone. And then also it's just the audacity of like something's wrong with you, you know, and um, there were so many things to say, but like, where do you start? And so I just was like, yeah, I'd, I'd like to say something, but, um, 
it's like, how much time do you have? You know, when you, like, how much time do you have? Because there's so much I want to say. Um, but listen to this. Yeah, I, I mean, I even thought, like, what, what do I even put on this caption? You know, when I share this. Um, I think on Instagram, I said, like, we should be allowed to bring our full humanity to the table. And then on Twitter, I just said, I wish I had some, or I wish I could say something. You know, I don't remember exactly. But I was just thinking, like, in my head, what you just said, like, can you believe this? Like, can mm-hmm. you believe this? You, you would only believe this if you heard it yourself. I mean, how many times do we as people of color or women or whatever, you know, fill in the blank, say something to somebody and someone dismisses what we said, not necessarily intentionally, but to kind of smooth things over. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe it is intentional, you know. Um, but like you, like if I said, oh my gosh, this, this woman said I was being very Asian and I needed to keep my Korean to myself. Someone might go, well, did she really mean it that way? Like, surely she didn't mean that. Like, what do you, what do you think that, what do you think, why do you think she said that? You know, um, but when you hear it with her inflection and her tone and her confidence, then you go, oh yeah, that's a, that's a real doozy of a voicemail, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's the, that's, I think the difference by just letting, it be heard because if you heard it you were like wow okay people like that are out there you know so I understand you've had some conversations with that caller um and we don't have to get into any of that because Mm -hmm. frankly it's not really about that so much anymore that one individual person's experiences or whatever was going on in Mm -hmm. her life that made her decide she wanted Mm -hmm. to call and say something like that um but to your point about the support you got, a lot of it was as a result of people just being outraged. They heard something yeah. like that and were like, what? You had <laughs> Asian Twitter, if you will, saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe, like, but also I can believe and like, yeah. I'm pissed off. Then you had people who genuinely were shocked that this is something would, that would happen. Talk to those people for a second. What would you hope that people who don't think that this is a real topic of conversation Mm -hmm. don't think Mm -hmm. that there are issues in the asian american community um, with this kind of prejudice and and silencing frankly what Mm -hmm. do you hope that they take away from this from something as simple as a conversation about food well i mean to me it's like you can live in your own bubble and never see a racist uh situation you know So if you're living in that bubble, you might not really believe that people are being victims of racism, you know, because you've not experienced it. But if you hear something like the voicemail, then you go, wow, that person really meant that or it seems to have really meant that. And then you go, well, maybe people are telling the truth about getting assaulted or burglarized or murdered Um, and why don't we know more about those incidents? You know, why don't we know more about what's happening in our community? Yeah. What role has food played for you in just getting to embrace your very Asian identity? (laughs) Well, I would say absolutely. That was an introduction into Korean culture for me. You know, I, I used to go to Korean heritage camps when I was a teenager and it was always like the the most fun thing to do would be to get into the kitchen and make mandu or get, or make quick kimchi or make, you know, whatever we were making um, and to see if we liked the food. And then when we liked the food, that was even more exciting, you know? So food is such a big introduction. Honestly, we've talked about that on this podcast before, about how often food is an introduction to other cultures. One of the things I loved most in the hours 
days, weeks following that initial post on social media was seeing all the people sharing their very Asian meals, whether they cooked something up at home or whether they went out and tried a new restaurant. And a lot of people did say they learned something from all this. The original message was nasty. But perhaps surprisingly, the response has mostly been the opposite. Her story has gotten a lot of media attention, internationally even. Michelle and other Asian journalists have recently officially launched the Very Asian Foundation, which will aim to elevate diverse Asian voices and perspectives through media and storytelling. Feeling hashtag very Asian, that's going to keep going. And Michelle recently made a guest appearance on another show that airs here on Channel 5 and was gifted one heck of a souvenir. All right, well, this season we have been partnering with Tis Best, and uh, they want to help you, and they want to give your, uh, help you with fundraising. They want to give you a check for $15,000. I would say, well, something bad happened, you know, in this moment, um, but we, but people flipped the hashtag very Asian into something really beautiful and it became this um, moment of pride and celebration for people. So, and also um, just became a moment where people thought that maybe they could start celebrating their selves as they exist in the world. Um, because I did get a lot of response from people who are transracial adoptees like myself or people of mixed race or people who are in the LGBTQ community. Um, people who feel, it seems like people who felt or feel like maybe their voice is not heard because so many people speak for the Asian American community and Pacific Islanders and Native Hawaiians that they say like, well, this is who you are. You know, this is what you do and this is what you are and this is the food you eat. And, um, and in reality, we're not a monolith and we all have different experiences. And so I think that it became this inclusive thing for people. And I mean, I didn't, this incident happened to me, but I did not create this, I guess, movement. You know, people really took off on their own with it. And I mean, it's a really humbling thing. Like it's, it's exciting. It's kind of scary and terrifying, but it's also exciting. So producer Dory is not snowed into her house <laughs> in Missouri right now. She is on a well-deserved vacation. So Michelle, you mind sticking around for me with me for the food news and weekend planner segment? Oh yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. I love it. And you know what? You're the best co-host because best guest co-host, I should say, <laughs> because you brought your own news. We're talking about <laughs> the very Asian Foundation's first real fundraiser um, happening in St. Louis next week yeah oh my gosh i'm so excited so we have 15 area restaurants who are donating like a portion of their sales from um their menu to go to the very asian foundation along with the asian american chamber of commerce um we're just like super excited about it never done anything like this before you know so this is just a a dumpling donation benefit um that's gonna be in st louis next week so is it kind of like a St. Louis Burger Week or something like that where you go order the dumplings uh, at various <laughs> restaurants and it's a fundraiser? Yes. So basically exactly that, except for the idea is that some restaurants might not have dumplings or they want to keep the menu open. Um, so each restaurant will do kind of their own thing um, and then donate a portion of the sales to our foundation, which is awesome. I love that. 
I love yeah. that. So guess what, family? You just <laughs> got your entire menu planned for you for next week because I can oh eat gosh. at an Asian restaurant every single night of the week. I could probably eat dumplings every night of the week, but yeah. um, I like the diversity even with that too. Love that, Michelle. Yeah, thank you. I'm Congratulations. Excited. Okay, a couple other things we wanted to let you all know about. Over at Eckert's, our friends in Belleville, they are putting some new uh, work into their Belleville location. It's actually going to be the biggest project since the country store and restaurant were built in 2010. They're building the a new cider shed tasting room and pavilion and the cider donut and custard shop. So <gasps> I know it's going to be even more of a hot spot in the fall. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine how crazy that's going to be? Uh, following their 2020 launch of the hard cider, which if you haven't had Eckert's hard cider yet, Michelle, you of all people, you deserve oh my an gosh. Eckert's hard cider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, this that. is going to be a tasting room for all of that, as well as some other beers and seasonal cocktails. They're also going to have an outdoor pavilion holding 400 people, beer garden space, they'll have concerts, it'll be a private venue. I love that. Eckert's has over 750,000 guests for their Belleville farm location alone every year. Just one more reason to stop by and visit. Does JJ like Eckert's? Um, we, you know what? We didn't go to Eckert's this year, but we will next year. Yeah. For I, sure. I, a lot of the fall activities were still yeah. a little bit on hold recently. So yeah, you've got to put that one on your list. Got this it. is a story that hit right as we were publishing last week. And so we did make a quick mention of it, but I just wanted to give our friends at Joya's Deli one more shout out. They were recently featured in the 15 absolute best Italian subs in the U.S. list on Whoa. MASH. Yeah, oh they were number three. Um, so wow. the Joya's Hot Salami is all over the national headlines in 2020. <laughs> they were in Food Network's best sandwiches in America list. It was in the eater list of 20 essential St. Louis restaurants um, last year as well. Food and Wine called it the best sandwich in Missouri. It was on a TV <laughs> show. I mean, joyous oh sandwiches. They're all over the place. That's amazing. I do like their hot salami a lot. Almost too much. I it's know. Really it's delicious. one of those yeah. things where I'm like, oh, man, I'm looking out with this weather. I just can't ever put somebody in. I can't ever order delivery with weather this bad because I feel too horrible about it. But if I were to order something, that might be it. Yeah. And um, finally, uh, we're talking about snow ice cream. I wanted to make this make a mention of this one because I know that you have a little guy hanging out with you at home. <laughs> so, Michelle, you're going to want to check our episode notes because snow ice cream is quite a St. Louis tradition. Actually, you go out there. Oh, really? Yes. And the pro tip from one of our viewers, Sarah, from a few years ago is go put the bowl, put your bowls outside right now so you can be collecting fresh, untouched snow. You'll need oh my at least gosh. four cups of it, plus sweetened condensed milk or sugar, um, chocolate syrup, some milk, a splash of vanilla extract, and then, of course, you can use some chocolate chips, some sprinkles, maybe an ice cream cone. It's really good because it can get really fluffy and sweet, um, and it's just it's fresher than the yeah. stuff you buy at the store, and you don't have to go to the store to go get it. So I'm going to put that one on your to-do list as well for this yeah. snow day, Michelle. Thank you. Oh my gosh, I'm going to definitely do that. That sounds awesome. I want to know what the best thing is you had to eat this week. Uh, this week, I had a St. Paul's sandwich. Have you ever had one? I've had more. I've had a few too many in my lifetime, actually. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I try not to do it very often, but it's so good. It was crispy and greasy and the white bread and the mayonnaise and the pickles. Best thing. Can you give the restaurant a shout out? China Garden. It was the China Garden on Gravelly. Yeah, it was awesome.
I love that. I hate doing a repeat restaurant recommendation, but last week I just needed something that was known and beloved to me, uh, especially because I had a cousin in town. I wanted to grab dinner with her. So I took her to Little Fox over in Fox Park and you got to get all sorts of appetizers. But um, I also tried the pork chop. So it's Induya marinated Newman Farms pork locally raised good stuff over a bed of soft polenta. The grilled cauliflower on the side though was absolutely mouthwatering. And I would recommend if you feel like venturing out of the house this weekend and treating yourself to all the foods you cooked at home, I recommend that one. Sounds delicious. That sounds great. <laughs> if we get out of the house this weekend, just a couple yeah, uh, activities we wanted to let you all know about. The weekend, this is the first full weekend of February. We have a couple events for this Saturday, February 5th, one of the which is the Chocolate Walk in historic downtown St. Genevieve. I know, right? I love the way they wrote this up, Michelle. This speaks to us. Are you tired of being cooped up? Are you ready to go out and embrace the 2022 new year? Do you love eating chocolate? and shopping, then this event is for you. Uh, in downtown St. Genevieve, with the purchase of a ticket, you'll be able to sample a chocolate treat at each of the participating downtown businesses. And of course, you're going to get some shopping done as well. You will need a ticket to sample. There's only 300 of those tickets available. So you want to check that out online. Um, and the tickets are only 15 bucks. So you know you oh, can wow. eat $15 worth of chocolate pretty quickly, I think. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Absolutely. And this one is, I'm sorry, but I think it's kind of late. Not that guys don't like chocolate too, but it's kind of a ladies weekend because Galentine's Day Market and Happy Hour is happening at the Das Vivo Beer Garden uh, over mm. off Gravoy from 11 to 4 on Saturday. They are hosting this market inside of the historic Vivo Mill. You can shop for gifts from St. Louis vendors with free admission. They'll also have food and specialty cocktails um, at the beer garden, in the beer hall rather. Um, and then they're going to have happy hour afterward all sorts of really good local shops there and a good excuse to just grab your girls and say, let's do some shopping and some sipping. Yeah. Oh, I would love that. I Gosh, I feel like I can't do anything on the weekends now, but I love that idea. <laughs> that would be awesome. I feel like I, I am going to give you a full podcast endorsement of doing whatever the heck you want this weekend, Michelle. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, can I, since we're talking about Valentine's Day, can I mention that the dumpling, uh, the dumpling fundraiser that we're doing also goes to goes through Valentine's Day. So it's like a car, Chow Bon, Corner 17, Drunken Fish, Hello Poke, Indo, Kimchi Guys, King and I, Mai Lee, Nami Ramen, Nippon Thai, Nudo House, Sando Shack, and Soul Taco. Those are all, all the very romantic yeah. places. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Abby Eats St. Louis is a Five on Your Side production. I'm Abby Larico, and I'm joined today by my friend and coworker, <laughs> Michelle Lee. Bye. <laughs> Thank Please you. be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. We will be back in your feed next week with a fresh new episode, a fresh new story for you. Check out our episode notes, a little bit more about Michelle's story, and also a link to a special we were both able to work on at Five on Your Side just late last year about the AAPI experience in St. Louis. That was really, really, uh, really great project to work on. And if you're finding yourself curious about this, we'll link to that in the episode notes as well. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me, Michelle. Everybody stay warm out there and seize the plate. Goodbye. Did you say bye? <laughs>
<laughs> okay, thank you. Bye.